I'm your host, Effie Pilarino, and today I have the great pleasure to connect with an old friend, Benedict Nolans from Hong Kong, with whom we, we, we met in person. What a privilege these days. Uh, I think three years ago, Ben, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we met in a very exotic place in Oman. Yeah. It was um, the first um, a blockchain summit of a country. Uh, and, and at the time, you, you were wearing the hat of being head of fintech in, in the securities and commission right. uh, in Hong Kong, right? Yes, that's right. That was my first uh, visit to Oman, and that was in that capacity. Yeah, but and but, I went back uh, one more time for a similar blockchain summit in 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 back then my capacity of of working for Circle. So I've been I've been I've had the privilege to go twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also you you've had the the. Um, uh, how can I say the the sixth sense? If you want to to explore this area of fintech, I think of you know uh, blockchain and its use cases as part of fintech, uh, sort of cutting edge uh, technology. One of the many cutting edge technologies where we are exploring different use cases, and and today uh, in your your. Uh, the head of um, the innovation hub of the Bank of International Settlements in Hong Kong. And in that capacity, you are leading a lot of very interesting research innovation projects. And, and okay. today, uh, we want to take the time and focus more on uh, the green project that you've been exploring. It's called Genesis and we'll have the opportunity to, to talk about it more. So welcome, yeah. uh, Benedict, and thank you for taking the time to be with us and, and uh, enlighten us after an amazing week, a FinTech week in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> and, and the COP26. So yeah. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, insights to share with us coming out of those uh, major events. So tell us what exactly is this Genesis uh, project and, and we'll have the time to talk about the reports, the beautiful reports with the Lotus uh, images <laughs> that you have just put out. Yes, so, so um, this project uh, is called Genesis by, by the book of Genesis, so to say, right? The, the origins when, when there was still, so to say, paradise, <laughs> where there wasn't such thing as green and brown, where it was all, all green. But in some, the, the project is about, uh, we framed it as tokenizing government green bonds. And the idea, um, was that first of all, as a BIS Innovation Hub, we work very closely to, with the central bank. Um, and the central bank places these bonds on behalf of the Hong Kong government, which is the Financial um, and Treasury Bureau of the Hong Kong government, FSTB. And so uh, in some, we wanted to frame a project with them that focused on specifically government bonds and specifically green, and then specifically with the focus on the retail. 
So these are all different elements, so to say, right? So the government places many types of bonds. They're not necessarily green, but for this purpose, we wanted to focus on green. And then secondly, we wanted to focus on the tokenization element in terms of fractionalizing the investment. And that's where the connectivity to retail comes in. So we thought for retail investors, the, the smaller the fractions, the more interesting it gets, right? Mm -hmm. um, and inversely, we also thought that um, retail investors can be particularly interested in green bonds. Um, and again, that combination of being able to invest in very small amounts and something that is highly safe for government bonds and green, we thought would be highly attractive for, for example, the millennial uh, generation. But frankly, it could really be for any generations if it can easily be bought uh, on an app. And so where does the green element come in is that we do have a green information feed whereby uh, the retail investors can get transparency as to the impact of their investment. So the assumption in this prototype is that the investment is made, for example, into the construction of a solar farm mm -hmm. and the solar farm outputs then generate carbon credits. And these carbon credits can be reflected on the app in aggregate, but they can also be fractionalized to the size of your investment. So our idea was to show all of this on an easy to use app for retail investors. Uh, so an app they can download, an app where they can uh, in some subscribe to these bonds uh, in very small amounts. Uh, we, we set it at a hundred Hong Kong dollars, which is around 10 euros. Uh, and where they can get that transparency of not only the coupons, but also the carbon uh, carbon credits over the life of, of that bond. That, that was our idea. Fantastic. So, so here you are combining um, um, distributed ledger technology to, to tokenize and fractionalize and, and offer transparency, full transparency to to retail i guess but uh, um what i want to understand more this is on a permissioned or permissionless um uh, ledger uh, from from looking at the papers i understand that you have looked at two different versions one that is a public blockchain and another one that is uh, a non-public blockchain and then how does this connect with the rest of the world? So if I'm a retail investor and I have you know, my regular accounts, my wallets and so on, is this uh, separate? How does it connect to, to that? Yeah, so maybe I start first with the question on public versus permission-based uh, chain. In fact, we, we have two prototypes that we developed and we put the reports uh, on our website. So one prototype was developed by with something that, uh, that is called the Liberty Consortium, which is um, a group around uh, Standard Chartered Bank, SE Ventures, and then Shareable Assets. So Shareable Asset is one of these... Uh, asset tokenization firms. Uh, and then SE Ventures is the venture arm of Standard Chartered. They decided to build it on Stellar, which is a public blockchain, as you know. Um, I would say we, from our perspective, are blockchain agnostic. Uh, however, for this purpose, we, we did really seek out doing it on both permission-based ledger and a public blockchain. So that is the public blockchain uh, prototype. 
Um, but we can get back to, to this question later. Both of these prototypes, irrespective of whether public blockchain are permission-based, actually have full compliance with KYC, with Know Your Customer. And this was an important aspect we wanted to show as well, because oftentimes people associate public blockchains with, let's say, the inability to trace the assets or to trace the investors. And, and we obviously wanted to demonstrate that you can build some pretty clear KYC rails around this, which is what we've done in these prototypes. Is so, it, is it uh, through whitelisting that, that you do this? No, in some, when the investor downloads the app, uh, they, they KYC themselves. Uh, and given that we made this prototype specific at this stage, with prototypes, you can go very wide or you can go narrow and say, let's focus on first doing this narrower field. So given we focused on a Hong Kong government bonds, um, they only get placed to people with a Hong Kong ID. And our ID system is actually extremely advanced. So, um, and the apps, uh, they are both privately owned apps. For example, you know, there is the likes of Jumio and Onfido, but there's also our government system, which is called I Am Smart. So the privately owned um, apps, uh, they can easily recognize actually fakes from real IDs because the ID system is so solid and so well established in Hong Kong. But we also show the connectivity to the government in infrastructure, which is called I am smart, from which that verification can be direct versus the government infrastructure. So in some, it can be either done with, uh, you know, showing your face, showing your ID and the reconciliation over a private app, or it can be done by direct verification versus the public infrastructure. Understood. And then once you've done that, then in some, you can see the bond that is available for, for sale and you can subscribe to whatever amount suitable within the remit of amounts that we would permit. Uh, so, for example, let's say I would want to, um, I have Hong Kong identity card, have KYC myself, then I can subscribe to that 100 Hong Kong dollars, or if I want a thousand Hong Kong dollars of that bond. Um, and that then gets, um, in, in some through the use of the blockchain, it gets properly registered, as you know. Uh, we also showed the ability to have a secondary market around it. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, Ben, from, from uh, reviewing these papers, I understand uh, that you've, uh, this prototype also takes advantage of the Internet of Things um, in, in the sense of, you know, in the example that you, you mentioned before of uh, assuming that we're talking about tokenizing uh, a solar farm. Uh, that the government yep. uh, is is um, has developed there you're using iot technology to uh, sort of link the physical farm to um, the carbon credits of that project and then to the flows of the bond correct Yes. So in, in some we are um, the, the assumption is that let's say the government raises uh, Let's, let's now say it raises a couple of hundred million and it invests it in the construction of renewable, renewable energy. And let's keep it simple for, for now, let's do solar farms. 
around these solar farms, you can, you always, there's always been meters. So there's a meter system, right? That meters how much output that solar farm is generating. And that output can actually be tracked and traced on blockchain so that you have carbon credits de facto on blockchain, which you could say is the provenance application of blockchain, which is quite important in the case of, of carbon credits. And it might well be one of the foundations for, for carbon credit trading in the future. You know, carbon credit trading is still a very difficult, um, a very difficult matter globally, for example, because the carbon price is, is not consistent. And also because uh, you, you might not know whether the carbon credits have been used or not. So when they, when they are traced on blockchain, then that becomes easier to, to, um, to monitor. So, and in some, by also the same monitoring, we can on that app show transparency to the investor and say, this solar farm has now generated X output. And, and you know, of course, if I only invest 20 euros, then my output is going to be limited, but we can show it in aggregate in aggregate over, over the whole investment into the solar farm, these numbers are very big. And then obviously you will just be a small part of that if you, if you have only invested uh, 20 euros, but nevertheless, you, you can feel completely connected to having realized that, right? Um, and, and these bonds can, they come with the normal coupon returns. So in some, you're doing good, you have transparency, you're feeling good. Uh, it's, it's all these elements uh, combined. And also it, it gives the opportunity to investors to, to, to create a diversified portfolio if they were to participate in a few different such green um, tokenized bonds that are in different exactly. of, of the green sort of uh, spectrum. Um, exactly. Which is also- Yeah, so, so while we narrowed this one to, to let's say government bonds, obviously, as you implied, this can be used for corporate bonds. Yeah. Artists can be used for, for bonds of any government. Artists can be used for a platform of bonds of different governments are a platform of bonds of corporates across different countries. So we used it very, we made a very narrow application to make it uh, very, very understandable. But of course it can be, it can be brought to, to another level um, if, if there's more participants on the platform in terms of issuers. So, so yeah. it's fair to say that I can envision uh, from, from this that this um, prototype can be uh, copied if you want and customized uh, on on uh, you know exchanges or or that that deal a lot with uh, green corporate bonds um, yes uh, especially here in in Europe I'm thinking you know Luxembourg and, and Switzerland that are big hubs and and um, uh, take this uh, uh, technology, if you want, an architecture to 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 do this. Now, it, is this also something that can help um, uh, uh, issuers and companies in their risk assessment in terms of, uh, you know, um, when when they look at climate risk and, and so on? Have you looked at that aspect, or or not? 
Yeah, so maybe I want to go back a step to what you just said about uh, exchanges. So uh, we had a very uh, big advisory panel uh, for this for this uh, specific work products, and it included indeed the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Uh, but you just mentioned uh, European exchanges, and and I think yes. Um, the, the beauty of this idea is that it connects the retail investor to green. And I know in Europe, there is now some evolution ongoing on allowing uh, tokenized assets and access by, by investors. We did want to show with this though, that uh, to a large extent, if you, if you think about tokenization, you're thinking about small fractions, actually, that's, that's the origin of the idea, right? So it is, in my view, very synergetic with retail. Right. So any any area where where there would be a desire to build such a platform for green bonds, uh, of course, if it's retail investors, it needs to be safe bonds. But uh, in a bigger area like like Europe, uh, it, it would obviously make com complete sense. Yes. And it could be done for corporates as well as for governments. As I mentioned, it does not need to be limited to governments. Governments might be the safest asset, but many of the corporates are also very safe assets. Very safe. Yes. And so, yeah. So in terms of investor diversification, definitely uh, green bonds is, if anything, the prin principal instrument right now, as you know, right? So green bonds have a huge, uh, I didn't check the last numbers, but again, the climate bonds initiative was part of our advisory panel. And these numbers are very, very large. In fact, um, cl climate bonds um, are, are one of the first green products, you could say. And, and the reason why they took off so well is because there was early on efforts within the industry to standardize. Now, of course, I know there is concern around greenwashing, but sometimes you have to look at the positive more than the negative, right? And the positive is that these are huge markets um, that have been created over the last, let's say, seven years. Uh, and that have been steadily growing uh, across the corporate sector and across the government sector. And in part, I think that was based on that private sector initiative to create some standards. And the standards are maybe not yet perfect, but yes. I said we wouldn't be where we are without having had those standards already quite some years ago. And, so, and, of course, the these these... Yeah, these products can be in anybody's uh, portfolio as a matter of diversification. Yeah. And, and the Genesis uh, project and prototype that, that you are putting out there is, is advancing transparency uh, clearly yeah. and, and therefore mitigating you know, the problems that exist. And like with anything, the market has to, to mature. So, so we have to move forward um, with better technologies and uh, um, broader adoption through retail and, and in general, uh, more, more adoption, making it easier for everybody to get involved because that will uh, push uh, better practices, both on the accounting front and, and um, on, on any uh, financial reporting front. Yeah. So as, as you said, uh, uh, we, we should uh, stop focusing on, on the greenwashing and other shortcomings and just uh, continue to make things uh, better in the market. And, and on that note, I want to 
congratulate the Innovation Hub for this type of initiative. And, and if you would be kind enough to just uh, share with us what other big initiatives you are working on uh, at the Innovation Hub uh, in addition to this and how they all fit together. Yes, so um, in, in our innovation hub, we have several centers. So we have the Hong Kong Center, the Singapore Center, the Swiss Center. Uh, We're opening a center in the Bank of England, one in Stockholm for the Nordics. Uh, we will have one in Canada. We have partnership with the Fed. And then we have uh, one more coming in the Eurozone. That's the long awaited one. So we're definitely uh, looking forward to, to that one opening up as well. Um, and so we're getting, I would say, an increasingly broad <laughs> portfolio now of projects. So um, let's say the start starting three was Singapore, Hong Kong and Switzerland. So for me, uh, I wanted to really have a green project and, and I wanted it around asset tokenization. Uh, and I wanted it to be something where we could show that it could be uh, compliant, regulatory compliant with the KYC aspects and also connected to asset to retail community uh, agenda. So that's one of our projects. But other than, than those, we have um, a lot of projects, in fact, in the payment space, no surprise, because uh, the BIS is the convener of the central banks. Um, and we have amongst the ones in payments, we have a lot in the CBDC space. So in, in the central bank digital um, currency space. Uh, and in that regard, my center is handling both a retail CBDC uh, project to which we issued a paper on called the e-Hong Kong dollar. It is a possible infrastructure for a retail CBDC. And, and just um, from, from general perspective, retail CBDC is still quite evolving and, and people are, are at this stage, countries are adopting different architectures. That's why I'm saying it is a possible architecture. There isn't one possible architecture only, there is more than one possible architecture. And I think time will um, a little bit start informing us as to why certain architectures are preferred over others. Um, and another project we're working on is a multi-CBDC project. That project is about connecting various central banks. In our case, we're working with four central banks. Um, and to ensure that, that the currency of those central banks can be used much faster for settlement. So again, we're using the principles of, of, of crypto, in fact, of atomic settlement. Um, but then at country level or at central bank level in some. Uh, one of the, I, I think you, you will know, you, if you want to do an international transfer via wire at, at, this, at this stage of evolution, right? Uh, it always takes several days and it has a, a fixed cost to it. Um, that cost, of course, may be less significant for a bigger amount, but there is always that cost and there is always the delay. And what the uh, Enbridge uh, prototype has shown is that this can be reduced, the delay can be reduced from days to seconds, um, and the cost can be very significantly reduced as well if you take into account that these transfers can actually be made atomically. Now, there are certain things to still be worked out. Um, for example, um, the reason why it takes several days right now, in part, is actually because of the KYC and the AML requirements. Uh, and these are incredibly important, right? Because otherwise, we live in an online 
terrorism. So they do need to be satisfied. The, the question is, how can we uh, reach the level of safety that we need uh, from that perspective while also have very speedy transfer? And in some, we're still working on, on, on seeing how we can, uh, can achieve that, because that is the current, uh, one of the current main roles of the correspondent banking system. But by having the correspondent banks in the middle, that KYC gets repeated from the center, sending bank to the correspondent bank, and then again from that correspondent bank to the receiving bank. So in some, you have a duplication of processes that causes in part that, that delay and in part also the cost. But there are other reasons for the cost that are more linked to the fact that these transactions are not atomic, for example. Great, uh, Benedict. And we look forward uh, to, to uh, the, the innovations and, and the proposals and prototypes that come out of this uh, research. And um, I want to stress again the fact that you're bringing together a variety, a diverse set of experts uh, working on, on this, uh, on these projects. And um, this is um, really important because these are global issues that, that uh, affect uh, uh, the economy. Uh, no matter what uh, payments remain core to, to the economy and, and um, uh, this, this is very important, the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, please tell our audience how they can follow the, these, um, the evolution of the work that's going on and um, what you are involved in. Thank you. So yes, um, the, the mission of the BIS Innovation Hub is to create um, public goods uh, in, the, in the space of technology. So you're right, we always have to, to focus on the public good aspect uh, of things, and specifically within the context of the central banking community. Uh, and as you mentioned, payment is central uh, for all practical purposes like commerce, but also from therefore a financial stability and a monetary stability perspective. And, and as central banks, that is the core uh, of our mission, so to say. For the BIS uh, Innovation Hub, we actually have a, a very well-kept and transparent website. So if you do Google BIS Innovation Hub, you will be able to, to sort by teams. We have six teams that we work on at present, uh, including those that I set out, which is um, financial market infrastructures, CBDC, green finance, but we also have cyber, for example, subtech and regtech, uh, and we have open finance. So, so these six teams, uh, and then across these six teams, we have projects that are handled out of these different centers. And so on our website, you can check by center, you can check by project, you can check by team, and you can check by publication. So we've put in place multiple met methods. And so for Genesis, we have, for example, the, that overlaying report that gives you the general landscape of green finance, including the, the challenges still ahead. Um, and then we have the two prototype reports. One is said built on a public ledger and the other one built on a permission-based ledger with distribution uh, mechanism as well to, to a wallet system in Hong Kong. I will make sure that I'll be sharing these links in the commentary <laughs> of, of our video because there's a lot there and depending on the interests 
um, it's it's important that our listeners can can check these. Uh, Benedict, thank you so much uh, for being with us again, and look forward to next year uh, more discussions around um, the CBDC projects. You're most welcome. Thank you, Epiano. It was great uh, to see you again after uh, after our last uh, meeting in Oman. <laughs>